You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. What's God's will for my life? I think the answer is found in the text, and it's twofold. Here's God's will. He wants me to be filled with Him, and He wants me to follow His lead. Filled with Him, follow His lead. Now, this is the tabernacle that became the temple, okay? When it became a structure in Jerusalem where it it stayed there, Still the same idea. That's where God met with them. That's where God dwelt, etc., etc. How many times have you wondered what the purpose of your life was? How many times have you prayed, God, what's your will for my life? Well, in today's message, Pastor Danny will share with you that the answer to God's will for your life is different from what you might think. When we ask the Lord for His will for our lives, we're usually asking for a detailed step-by-step plan, right? Well, God doesn't usually tell us the whole plan. He usually gives us the plan piece by piece so we can learn to put our faith in Him and His plan. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Exodus chapter 40 as he begins his message, Filled with the Lord, Led by the Lord. It's just a few verses. We're going to be jumping around from this springboard of chapter 40 in Exodus. But uh, you've been with us, most of you, and you know about the tabernacle and the tabernacle being set up now. It's been set up, and that's the heading in my Bible of chapter 40 is setting up the tabernacle. And we're not going to read all of chapter 40, but everything is set up now uh, in the tabernacle. And the closing words, very practical, very important closing words, beginning in verse 34 of Exodus 40, and here's what it says. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting. Kind of like the cloud covering our tent of meeting. Only a a little different, a little different, because this cloud is the glory of God. Not that this cloud is not, but then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had saddled upon it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Verse 36, in all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the house of Israel during all their travels. In other words, the fire is so that if there was ever to be a move at night, uh, they would know, and they'd follow the fire in the cloud. One of the most common questions I've had as a Christian, and especially as a pastor over the years, is 
how do I know what God's will is? And, and sometimes it's asked very broadly, what's God's will for my life? But a lot of times people want to know specifically, obviously, you know, about a specific decision uh, and a lot of important decisions in life. What's God's will? Who should I marry? That's a pretty important one. Uh, what house should I buy? Um, what job should I take if I have an option of this one or that one? You know, where should I live? Uh, should I move or should I not? Should I stay or should I move? You know, all kind of questions. What's God's will? Very important question. I think uh, the answer to that question is found in our text. What's God's will? You say, who am I supposed to marry? I didn't see her name in here. No, 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 listen, listen. The text that matches up with this, that gives us, um, it's, a longer, it's a longer statement, but it's the same thing. And I want to go from Exodus chapter 40, what we just read, and go to Numbers chapter 9. Numbers chapter 9. When you find Numbers chapter 9, we're going to go down to verse 15. Verse 15, Numbers chapter 9. On the day the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony was set up, the cloud covered it. Now, we just read that, but here's a little longer version. From evening till morning, the cloud... Uh, Till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire, so at night. That's how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. And the command, uh, obviously synonymous with whenever the cloud moved. That was the Lord saying, let's move. Follow me. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. And this is where it gets very interesting. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Now stop there and think about that. I mean, this is quite a, this is quite a camp to set up. I don't know if you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of tents, uh, there's a lot of work in setting the tabernacle itself up and then tearing it down. And I'm just thinking there's, there's got to be some mornings, you know, uh, you know, I've just settled in and I'm not ready to leave. I don't want to move. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. There's another one you got to think about. At night, I'm already in bed, and the Lord's moving. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days, or a month, or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped. And at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. So back to the question, what's God's will for my life? I think the answer is found in the text, and it's twofold. Here's God's will. He wants me to be filled with him, and he wants me to follow his lead. Filled with him, follow his lead. Now, this is the tabernacle that became the temple, okay, 
when it became a structure in Jerusalem where it, it stayed there, still the same idea. That's where God met with them. That's where God dwelt, et cetera, et cetera. Now, in the New Testament, very clear. 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you? Fascinating thought, isn't it? That God, by his spirit, actually lives in us. Incredible. Says it again in 1 Corinthians 6.19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? Again, uh, 2 Corinthians 6.16, for we are the temple of the living God. And as the temple, God wants to fill us just like he filled the tabernacle and the Old Testament temple. Now, just a little note. Uh, you can write down, if you like, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. I'm going to read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. The spiritual man makes judgments, decisions, about all things. There we go with the question again. Who am I going to marry? A job? What's God's will? The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. Remember what we read, Exodus 40. When God came and filled that temple, Moses couldn't enter it. There was not the presence of anybody else or the influence of anybody else. And what God said to me in a fresh way today from that is 1 Corinthians 2, I just read, when I'm being spiritual, filled with the Lord, following the Lord's lead, my decisions aren't influenced by anybody else. They're just influenced by God filling my life and me following his lead. Are you with me? That's what 1 Corinthians is talking about. Spiritual man makes judgments, decisions about all things, but he's not subject to any man's judgment because he's being filled with God and following God. doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I'm following God. Now, you switch gears from us being the temple and God wants to fill us. Here's what Romans says. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Led by the Spirit of God. He wants to fill us and he wants us to follow him. Follow his lead. Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What a practical verse. That tells me I can get out of step. I can now follow the Lord's lead and yet still be a Christian, have his spirit live in me. A couple of scriptures you want to write down. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. Uh, one, the old King James, I like it, it says, quench not the spirit of God. The, the 1984 NIV, which I'm, I'm, I'm giving up at the end of our study of Revelation where I have to make a decision and it's sad. I'm, I'm not, it's sad. I'm reading these other versions. I don't like it as good as the 1984. And obviously, I'm down about it. I'm, I'm depressed. But um, the, the old 1984 NIV says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. Uh, don't quench the Spirit. What, what do we do when we quench the Spirit? We quench the Spirit when we don't do something He wants us to do. All right? We don't do something he wants us to do. Second scripture you want to note is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And that one says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, what's the difference in grieving and quenching? Well, if I understand it right, 
I grieve the Holy Spirit when I do something he doesn't want me to do. So I quench him when I don't do something he wants me to do. I grieve him when I do something he doesn't want me to do. Now, there are some prerequisites uh, for being filled with and following the lead of the Holy Spirit. And I was very careful in thinking through what I wanted to say here, and that's exactly it. Prerequisites for being filled with, with and following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And the first one is this. The self has to be crucified. Self has to be crucified. Jesus said, uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, a lot of us, this is old hat, but we need to hear it again. I needed to hear it again. Because this is what being spiritual is all about. This is what being filled with God and following God is all about. My flesh has to be crucified daily or else I'm not going to be filled with God or follow his lead. Uh, pause just for a minute. Go with me back to uh, or over to 1 Kings. Uh, one of my favorite stories, it's not a, a it's, well, it's, it's one of my favorite stories. 1 Kings chapter 22. 1 Kings chapter 22, and I'm just going to read a few verses and then we'll summarize the rest. Verse 1, uh, for three years there was no war between Aram and Israel, but in the third year Jehoshaphat king of Judah went down to see the king of Israel. The king of Israel had said to his officials, don't you know that Ramoth Gilead belongs to us and yet we're doing nothing to retake it from the king of Aram? So he asked Jehoshaphat, uh, will you go, to with, uh, go with me to fight against Ramoth Gilead? Now who he's talking to is Ahab. Mahab, of course, was a wicked king uh, of Israel. Uh, Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. But Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, first, seek the counsel of the Lord. Let's find out, let's find out what God's will is. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, about 400 men, and asked them, shall I go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall I refrain? Now, if you know about Ahab and his wife Jezebel, she's wicked too. Um, these are false prophets. These are the kind of uh, people who will say what your itching ears want to hear, okay? These are false prophets, 400 of them. And here's what they say. Go, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat asked, is there not a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? I mean, it's obvious these are false prophets. The king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, well, there's still one man through whom we can inquire of the Lord. But I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. He doesn't say what I want to hear. But what he speaks is the will of the Lord. His name is Micaiah, son of Imla, but Ahab doesn't want to hear what God has to say. Why? Because he wants to do what he wants to do. He wants to do what he wants to do. And if he's really going to be Filled with God and follow God, his self has to be crucified. Now, if you know the story, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, these false prophets uh, go to get Micaiah, and they say, look, the other prophets, everybody else, well, they send for Micaiah, and they say, the other pro prophets are, are saying this, you let your word agree with theirs. And he says, I, I can only say what the Lord tells me to say. But then he's sarcastic before um, Ahab, and uh, he says, go ahead, you know, and Ahab knows he's being sarcastic. He says, you tell me the truth. And he tells him the truth. And Micaiah turns to Jehoshaphat and says, I told you he never says anything good about me. They go to war together 
to take back Ramoth Gilead, uh, verse 30 is so interesting. Verse 30 of chapter 22, the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I'll enter the battle in disguise, but you wear your royal robes. Now, Jehoshaphat's one shy of a full deck, I think, because he says uh, he agrees with it. So the king of Israel disguised himself, went into battle, or Ahab disguises himself. Jehoshaphat says, okay, I'll go just like I am. Now, the king of Aram had ordered his 32 chariot commanders, do not fight with anyone small or great except the king of Israel. When the chariot, chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat, they thought, surely this is the king of Israel. So they turned to attack him. But when Jehoshaphat cried out, the chariot commander saw that this was, he was not the king of Israel and stopped pursuing him. And of course, Ahab thinks because he's disguised, he's going to be okay. He's a guy who doesn't want to hear what God's will is, won't follow the Lord. Someone drew, verse 34, his bow at random and hit the king of Israel between the sections of his armor. And he ends up dying on the battlefield. You know, the same thing, I'm not going to turn to it, happened to King Saul. Uh, you can read about it in 1 Samuel chapter 15. And that chapter is where Saul disobeys the word of the Lord. He's confronted and he makes excuses. Samuel goes to look for him, to confront him. And it says, Saul has gone down to Carmel to, uh, and he's made a monument in his own honor. In his own honor. So back to the point. The point is... Uh, prerequisites for being filled with and following the leading of the Holy Spirit, the self has to be crucified. I have to come to the point that when I hear what God wants, even though it may not be what I want, even, even though it may not be the way I want to go, I say no to self and I follow the Lord. Bottom line. I don't usually read this magazine, but they keep sending it to me. I don't know why they keep sending it to me. I didn't order it. It's called Preaching. And it's not a bad magazine, I guess. I just rarely read from it. But for some reason today, I picked it up, and I read this article. And it was an article about Judas. And the guy sums it up at the end, uh, the three tragedies of Judas's life. And the first, he says, Judas betrayed a friend. Second, he said, Judas used Jesus as a means to an end. And third, he says, at the heart of it all, Judas would not let God be Lord over his life. Then he quotes A.W. Tozer who said, inside every human heart are a cross and a throne. Whenever I put myself on the throne, I put Jesus on the cross. That was a good article, a good point. Self has to be crucified. And then second, no controlling substances. Now, that's a whole message in itself, but Ephesians chapter 5, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. It just means loose living. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And so that principle, what happens when you're, uh, when you're drunk? One of the phrases they use, they say, you're under the influence. You're under the influence. So is something else influencing my life? That's, that's what that verse is all about. Is it the Holy Spirit filling me, the Holy Spirit influencing my life, or something else? Remember what Peter said to Ananias in Acts chapter 5, when Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of land, kept back part of the money in disobedience to the leading of the Lord, okay? And remember specifically what Peter asked Ananias, how is it that Satan has, you've let Satan so fill your heart? What was the controlling influence in his life? He and his wife both. Greed. Greed. It could be anything. It could be anything or anyone. 
Now, let's, let's move ahead, because this is where it gets real practical, I think. Uh, and we're going to go kind of fast through the first part of these. And I want to hone in on the last two, because I, I really think the last two are, are so important. Uh, in following the, the will of God, in knowing the will of God, following the will of God, how does God lead? Uh, usually the opposite of what I want. I don't like it any more than you do. Uh, but let, just, just read it. I mean, it's exactly what Galatians 5 says. I mean, it just says it so plain. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Usually you want to know the will of God. It's what I don't want to do. Um, Romans chapter 7, verses 18 through 20. That's a section there where I call... Paul's a schizo Christian. I think that's a normal Christian life. He says the things I want to do, I don't do, and things I don't want to do. And he's not talking about he, he willfully sins, but he says the sin in my members, well, I shouldn't say, well, he does willfully sin, we all do, but, he, but he's talking about the struggle between the sinful nature and the new nature. Uh, and they're in conflict with each other. That's what Galatians 5 is talking about. Now, second, God leads through submission to God-ordained leaders. Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders because they're watching out for your soul. Uh, and then Titus 3, very, very practical. Titus chapter 3 and verse 1. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient. Subject to rulers and authorities. Uh, if you're living at home uh, and you're still under the authority of your parents, Unless they're telling you to do something like lie or steal, you know, something that's obvious sin, I can tell you what the will of God is for your life. It's whatever your parents say. That's the will of God. I think anybody that's going to get married ought to get the blessing of the church. The Catholic Church has got one thing, right? I'll tell you that. You, they, and it's a big deal to get the blessing of the church. And it's a big deal not to get the blessing of the church if you're going to get married. Big deal. I think that's biblical. I mean, a decision like that? For better, for worse, till death do us part. That's one of the biggest decisions in life. If you know, other than becoming a Christian, probably the biggest decision. You want to get some good, godly counsel and make sure that the people that God's put over you in the Lord can amen this union, this relationship. And if they can't, ooh, big red flag. You say, but I love them so much. But you may not love them after you go through with it. <laughs> Even if it's God's will, you, you're going to have moments you're not going to love them. It's just, it is what it is. Come on, you married couple. Don't look at me like that. Say amen. amen. Say, she's going to get you, isn't she? Hey, that's just reality, man. Come on. Live in the real world. Not some fantasy land. This, this is a real world. Uh, third, third, he leads by the glory of God. Now, read these verses and, and it'll, you, you'll know exactly what he's talking about or what I'm talking about here. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. If, if I can't do it and say, oh, you know, God be glorified. If I can't say God be glorified in it, then that's not God's will. Not God's will. Colossians 3.17 says basically the same thing on the other. Specifically, it says do everything, whether by word, uh, whether word or deed, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Okay, move on. 
I know when I was doing the notes, I'm no, it's like, if you look at this the wrong way, this is a lot of stuff, you know, to find the will of God, but it's really not. If you go back and just think about it, all these things really uh, work together by the Spirit of God. Thanks for joining Pastor Danny today in his journey through Exodus, a book about deliverance. This Old Testament book reveals God's power and authority, but it also expresses God's heart to fulfill His promises. God does what He says He'll do, and nothing can stand in His way. If there's anything about today's message that has you scratching your head in confusion, feel free to contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Let us know, too, how we can be praying for you. That address again is info at ccfstpete.church. If you're not already part of a church community, we want to encourage you to find a church home near you. This will be a place where you can grow in your faith and ask tough questions, while also finding a community of believers that will support you. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, come join Pastor Danny at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We're holding services each Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. If you can't make it in person, you can still be a part of our time of worship via live stream. You'll find all the information you need on our website. One more time, that's ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again for our next edition in the book of Exodus, right here on The Living Word.